This is Father Kevin Hale with a homily for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 11th of October. I should tell you from the outset of this homily that I am something of a self-confessed foodie. So it may be of a similar comfort to many of you to hear that eternal life is described in terms of a rich banquet of rich food and fine wines. Nothing quite conjures up feelings of contentment and fulfilment more than a convivial meal with friends. But do recall, however, that it was a bad meal that was the cause of all the problems in the world when our first parents ate the fruit of the tree of good and evil. And so throughout the history of the Bible, it's the designation of a banquet that is used to portray the healing of that rift between mankind and God. On this mountain, the Lord will provide for all peoples a banquet of rich food and fine wines, says the prophet Isaiah. One of the things the missionaries of Europe did as soon as they went to the New World to to evangelise was to plant vines. Many of them bear still the names of saints and religious orders to this day and they did this because they needed wine for the mass obviously for the eucharistic banquet but also because part and parcel of being a catholic is the enjoyment of god's gifts in their proper and right order and proportion of course drink responsibly so there it is in the old testament we have this longing for union with god expressed with such human imagery Jesus is typically the fulfilment of this as he sits down at table and invites everybody. Now, society at the time of Jesus was even more class conscious than we are today. Everything and everyone was divided according to levels, rich and poor, clean or unclean. But Jesus overcomes all this by inviting all those who are inside and those who are on the outside They're all welcome, as he is the host, the one spreading out on the mountain of God this feast of rich food and choice wines. As a result, we are Eucharistic people, because week after week, day after day, we come to encounter Jesus and to be fed by him, on him himself, in the liturgy. All the dreaming and the longing of the Old Testament comes true here. This is why St Thomas Aquinas could write that lovely antiphon for the feast of Corpus Christi, O Sacrum Convivium, O Sacred Banquet, in which Christ is received, the memory of his passion is renewed, the soul is filled with grace, and a pledge of future glory is given to us. This weekend there is taking place in Assisi, Italy, the beatification of a young man who dedicated his short life to making the mystery of Jesus in the Blessed Eucharist better known and loved. Carlo Acutis was renowned for his gift for computer programming, but how he used those skills is what made him an example of holiness. Carlo called the Eucharist his highway to heaven, and the other solid pillar in his life was the Blessed Mother. From his adolescence, Carlo attended Mass 
and pray the rosary daily, frequently spending time in Eucharistic adoration. He said, when we face the sun, we become tanned. But when we place ourselves in front of the Eucharistic Jesus, we become saints. Carlo died from a brain tumour in 2006 at the age of 15. The summer after his 14th birthday, he spent researching Eucharistic miracles and creating a website to catalogue and share the information with others. Carlo wanted people to approach the Eucharist and for this he used the internet. The summer before his death, he went to look for where the great Eucharistic miracles occurred in the world. Those are recognised by the church from the early church and to the present day. The website Carlo created is called the Eucharistic Miracles of the World, which explains and describes these occurrences. Carlo was concerned about people growing distant from the church and from the sacraments, and he wanted to bring them back. And from his childhood, he brought people back to Mass and to receiving the sacraments with him. He managed to drag his relatives and parents to Mass every day. It wasn't the other way round. It wasn't his parents bringing the little boy to Mass, but it was he who managed to get himself to Mass and to convince others to receive communion daily with him. So we can seek his intercession from today because we know that when the Church says he is in heaven, he can certainly help us here on earth. You know, one of the saddest and the most hurtful things that we can do is not reply to an invitation that someone sends you and the feelings of hurt that that generates. What happens when God invites his people to the banquet with him? They refuse to come. You know, there's hardly a line in the whole of the New Testament that is more sad and tragic than that line of the gospel. Why? Because it signifies the unrequited love of the heart of Jesus Christ for all of us. The servants sent out with the prophets and the holy people, past and present, who summoned people to God's banquet, but who are rejected and put to death. We have been summoned by no other than God the Father to eat and drink in intimate communion with him, Every minute and every moment, God, who pervades all things and speaks through all things, invites us to be part of him. The invitation might take the form of these words you're hearing now, or it might be through a podcast or a website on a computer. However we hear them, these words are inviting us to come to that banquet. Maybe it's something a priest said once. Maybe it's the Bible you picked up a while back and read a passage that moved you. Maybe it was that very holy person who lives in your street, whose life just seems so beautiful and compelling to you. Maybe it's a sunset on a beautiful day in which you can see God and just be grateful to be alive. All these experiences can be God summoning me to the wedding banquet of his son. But the parable in the gospel today helps us to feel the feelings of God when he invites us, and when we don't respond. The parable ends in a startling and rather disturbing way. The king comes in and finds someone who isn't wearing the wedding garment, and he's thrown out. Now the fathers of the church 
see this as a symbol of the life of Christ, which is put on at baptism. But it also reminds us of something that even we, the baptised, cannot forget. Yes, we have accepted the invitation. We have accepted grace, but we can fail to change. The wedding garment here stands for the transformation of our lives. It means putting on Christ, putting on love, justice, forgiveness of enemies, putting on non-violence, putting on the form of Jesus Christ. We can't just come to the banquet and remain unchanged. Mary responded to God's invitation and evermore conformed herself to his image. In this month of the Holy Rosary, we meditate on her life with Jesus and ask that like her, we will accept what God asks, respond and become changed and transformed into his image. Let us pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray at all times, go before us and follow after and make us always determined to carry out good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.